Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to episode 91 of the Cloudcast. Today we're coming to you live from the CloudStack Collaboration Conference again here in Santa Clara, California. And today we have Chip Childers. Chip is VP, is that the correct title, of the Apache CloudStack yeah. project? Yes. Okay, cool, cool. And we also have uh, David Nally. Da- David is PMC, which is our project member, correct? Project, project Management Committee. There you go. Uh, member for Apache CloudStack as well. And we just wanted to talk a little bit today about the conference in general, what's it like herding the cats, you know what's going on with the with the product, and so with that, um, I just wanted to kind of open it up, open it up, and just say, Chip, how did you get started in all of this, and how did you end up as ultimately uh, the well, one of them, one the of BMFIC? Them, yeah, one of them involves being, uh, being apparently uh, too too slow at figuring out how to avoid it. Um, so <laughs> we counted on that, actually. Yeah, I know. So. Uh, um, Got involved in CloudStack um, because my employer uh, was was looking at um, which software they were going to select um, for cloud management. Mm-hmm. We'd, we'd written our own. Um, we're actually you know, still using our own software at this point, but um, we're going through a transformation, and, and so they effectively um, pay me to spend time on CloudStack, okay. um, which is a lot of fun. Right? Yep. So um, yeah, so that's that's how I got involved. Um, it's my first open source project really of, of any significance um, and so that's that's really been a lot of fun right um, and, and so that that background is very different from David's background yeah a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> da- yeah. David and, and we'll go into that in a, in a little bit more but it's it's very interesting that you you kind of went all in pretty much immediately with your first open source project yeah yeah so it's uh it's certainly been a lot of fun um, and uh, it, it it took an enormous amount of learning I, I think the benefit we had so CloudStack just, I guess, recently, a couple months ago, graduated um, from the incubator, you know, at uh, Apache, um, becoming a top-level project similar to Hadoop and you know the Tomcat server, uh, you know the Apache uh, traffic server, you know all the all the major Apache projects. Um, what what I think was interesting was that honestly the the incubation process for the project I just I started very early on in the incubation, um, and it was actually pretty easy to learn along with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, actually, I would you know, I would say if, if somebody's interested in uh, in a particular technical area and they see that a um, project has just been proposed into the incubator at Apache, but they haven't done open source before, it's actually a fantastic way to to, to learn the ropes. Sure, because right. you're kind of learning along with the project. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And 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 David, you you kind of have a longer history of it being an original cloud.com. Yeah person and kind of coming in through to to Citrix through the acquisition and then but really your role is a member of the open source community on the Apache project. Yeah. So uh, you just, Citrix just happens to pay the bills. C- Citrix <laughs> Citrix pays me to uh, to work on Apache Cloud Stack and to make that my focus uh, and so uh, I'm very fortunate that essentially they're They've pointed me in the direction of an open source project and said, "Go make it successful." So uh, that is uh, that's essentially my uh, the goals that I have to work forward, and uh, they are very nice in giving me a lot of leeway in making sure that happens, uh, doing what I think is best for the project. So, yep. Now, 
let's step back for a second and just um, we'll talk about more about the project in a section, but in, in a little bit. But let's talk about the conference for a, a second. This is second CloudStack Collaboration Conference. It is um, yep, second one sold out, which mm-hmm. you know that's that's very good. But this is you know I, I was talking to. Uh, Kirk this morning we recorded a podcast with Kirk this morning and you know one of the big things he said though was it, it's nice that it is small and it is a pretty tight community and that it maybe hasn't gone just spiraling out of control <laughs> so so tell me a little bit about you know the design of the conference that you know the content of the conference and 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 certainly running this really as an open source based conference I think that we have tried to model the conference much like the project. Um, and I don't know if you got to see Chip's keynote uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, uh, you know, we are very user-driven, which means that, uh, you know, there are there are a few vendors here, the people mm-hmm. who want to sell you things. The vast majority of people who are here are people who are running clouds in production. Uh, and, There's no and, solutions expo booth to walk. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and you know, you'll notice that the the talk schedule um, really isn't, you know, vendor after vendor pitching their product. Um, we, we made a very yeah. conscious decision that you know sponsorship is a fantastic thing. We've been you know, the conference needs some money. Lightning talks during lunch are a great way to accommodate you know the pitch. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. Um, but our audience is. Um, seems to be more interested in actually doing that type of um, either developer-to-user, user-to-user, and developer-to-developer collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we've really been focused on uh, making sure it happened. Though I, I think, in my mind's eye, looking at the schedule, I think the vast majority of that is user-to-user. Yeah. Uh, you know, most of the talks I have been sitting in have been you know, the occasional, we really want this feature, it's stopping us from doing awesome things, or we're doing awesome things and here are some of the things we're doing with it. Uh, lessons learned from, you know, kind of the their uh, deployment war stories. And uh, uh, at the same time, you know, there's, there's obviously developer to users talking about things that are coming in the next release, um, getting soliciting feedback for things that may be in a release uh, uh, in 4.3 or, or further out. Um, so it's, uh, by its very nature, I mean, there are, uh, it is unlike a massive uh, user piece of software like OpenOffice or uh, even the Apache web server. There's, there's a much smaller subset of folks who will actually operate a cloud. Uh, and I think we've done a good job of attracting those people to the conference. Uh, and so most of ours tend to be running CloudStack in production or getting pretty close to it. Yep. yep. Now, a little bit about the project itself and the concept of Apache Software Foundation. Um, tell me a little bit what it's like. So, so David, you have, like you said earlier, the, the privilege of you're pretty much fully dedicated to this and the success of this and making this work. Chip, you're slightly different in the fact that you are dedicated to this, but you have a day job. <laughs> I do. I, I mean, however, and what, and I'm, I'm, I'm lucky enough. Is that, it either that, or? Is it and? Tell me a little bit. How do you make that work? Well, right? so, so if you look at um, a lot of the Apache projects, let's not talk about CloudStack specifically, right? Sure. 
Um, depending on the project, you're going to have a different blend of whether you, you know, your your contributors are um, dedicated full time, mm -hmm. right? You know, a lot of the the projects that have a very large commercial ecosystem wrapped around them, there's a lot of dedicated engineers, you know, working on that project. Um, and and then there are other projects that are truly, you know, purely volunteer in the in the evening type of you know, developer activity. Um, CloudStack's nice because um, we we actually have room for for both. You know, we've um, we have quite a few people that are that are paid to almost full time or full time um, to work on the project. You know, whether they're from Citrix or a lot of the user companies. Mm -hmm. um, what we're finding is a lot of operators are actually investing in engineering effort for you know the project that they use and care about, right? Because it, it helps them run their business better, um, and they have that opportunity. Um, others might not be able to dedicate one or more engineers, but they're they're still able to spend a little bit of time to maybe scratch their niche, fix this bug, you know, add a minor feature. Um, personally, I'm um, I, I'm able to dedicate as much as necessary because um, my employer you know, wants that. Um, on, uh, but at the same time, yeah, certainly have a day job, right? So <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting. It's tricky to balance. Yeah, absolutely. And so so this morning um, there was a kind of state of the feather. Mm -hmm. um, keynote given by um, Doug. Oh gosh, cutting, cutting. cutting. Yeah. So, yeah. so I really liked um, in a piece of that he he kind of established you know what is Apache Software Foundation really like and he liked the, he used the public park analogy of you're setting up a public park and it's a you know public user space where all users can kind of come in and you know use the facilities and enjoy it and and really collaborate and, and that's the goal uh, of the. Apache Software Foundation at a much higher level. It isn't necessarily trying to drive each of the projects to success, or you know, that's each project's own goal. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the way Doug described it was, and I, I think he says it very well. Quality software is the emergent property of a quality community. Yes. And a quality community um, is best created in an environment that allows for individual expression and you know, individual ownership over the for the project. Sure. So. But then that also leads to one of the, the questions at the end was, what are some of the biggest challenges? And I thought he, he, he probably nailed it very well when he said uh, a combination of, uh, because at the end of the day it is you know, a volunteer effort and it is user-based and it is a little bit of success of the project often is gated by that community and also, you know, the ability of everyone to get along at scale <laughs> and it's, and, it's and primarily through email-based communication. Yes, and prim right? yes, exactly. And medium as impersonal as yeah. email at times. And so, so I'll ask the both of you, since you probably suffer through it in some way, shape, or form every single day, the highs and lows of exactly that. How how accurate was Doug in that assessment? You know, I I monitor the list. I don't really. I just kind of lurk. Um, I very rarely participate, but you guys are in the thick of it day in, day out, right? Yeah, well, I mean, so so we know that our community is, um, the CloudSite community is exceptionally active. I mean, if you look at, you can think about the um, a measure of activity um, through lots of different metrics, but one of them that we, we look at is just total email volume, mm -hmm. right? I mean, we're, we're at thousands of communications back and forth um, every month. Um, and 
and that's a lot. It's a lot to keep up with. Sure. Um, so, so I think that alone is um, is a challenge for us to manage, right? So, um, the, the the community actually does things to help each other. Um, so we've you know conventions, uh, how you use good subject lines and all that. But that's obvious, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we also do a weekly news that summarizes uh, for for those people that might just be observing to kind of tease out the salient bits. Um, and also, just with a, with a large enough community, you're able to um, you're able to just know that that there are enough eyes on all of the discussions that um, most perspectives are going to be heard. Okay, okay. And David, from your perspective, because you tend to see, like you were saying earlier, you see pretty much every commit that goes through. Does it become overwhelming? Um, I, I actually had that conversation a little earlier uh, this week with someone. I said, you know. Between CloudStack, which is well more than 50% of my mail volume now, um, and some of the other mailing lists that I'm on, I've finally gotten to the point where I, I'm having to actually triage mail rather than read through all of my mail. Uh, <laughs> and yes. it's uh, it can be very overwhelming. And a lot of folks, especially folks who, uh, who don't have as much time, can get overwhelmed pretty easily. Uh, you You really do have to develop a mechanism for uh, protecting yourself from the deluge. So whether that's a complex set of filters that, you know, pop the important things up to you uh, or uh, or just uh, skimming through the uh, mails, uh, you know, it's CloudStack is a very high throughput project at the moment and uh, lots of things going on, uh, lots of excitement around it. uh, so it, it is a little overwhelming, uh, especially when folks first uh, first subscribe. They're they're not used to uh, the deluge. Yeah, and and so to kind of tie in an, another kind of announcement that happened today, um, Zen Server went open source today to mm-hmm. Linux Foundation. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about how is the way. Um, ASF, Apache Software Foundation, different in the way they handle a project versus, say, Linux Foundation or some of these other entities that are out there. What makes sure. Apache unique in the way they, they operate so, projects? So first, a couple of disclaimers, right? Um, uh, Chip and I are both members of the ASF, uh, and uh, while we've been involved in uh, in other organizations, so Chip's a member of, of some standards bodies, and, and I've been involved in some other open source organizations. I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not party to any project that's currently at the Linux Foundation, right? Um, so uh, I think the first thing is um, uh, that really differentiates the ASF is that folks are treated as individuals. Uh, you do not have status because of your employer or because of any past work that you've done somewhere else. Um, your contribution to a project uh, is considered uh, alone, and folks uh, folks look at that, look at the quality, uh, and so it's much more a project-based meritocracy. Mm-hmm. So you you essentially cannot buy your way in to a position of. of uh, influence or, or power at the ASF. Um, the second is that uh, it is, as a software foundation, a uh, um, it is a public charity, which is in contrast to some of the other foundations out there. 
uh, and so its stated goal is to produce software uh, for the public good available free of charge. And um, again, that's that's a little bit different in mindset, but uh, one of the things that I really like about the ASF uh, really is the incubator. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, because they've essentially said there are core things that are necessary for you to have success at the ASF. And then there's a lot of other things that you get to decide yourself. And so uh, communities get a wide range of input into uh, um, into how they govern themselves mm-hmm. within, a, within a framework that you know, protects the foundation legally, uh, ensures that um, that the community is doing right by its uh, consumers, the, the users of their software, etc. Yep. Now, let's talk about CloudStack for a little bit. Latest release was 4.1. Yes. Yep. Tell me a little bit um, about 4.1 specifically. We'll get technical here for a little while, right? What are some of the big features that made it into 4.1, and what are some of the you know things... That, the users are really asking for okay. that, that solve problems there. <clears throat> so the, the way I characterize the 4.1 release is that um, it had a, a set of internal architectural changes, mm-hmm. which a user should not necessarily care about, but th- there's a reason for them, and I can talk about it. Um, uh, about 20 features of significance, um, a whole raft of improvements and bugs. Mm-hmm. Right? So you just kind of think of it as those buckets, right? It's the small stuff and then the big features and, and the architecture changes. Um, the architectural changes are actually all about making it easier um, for new developers to join the project. Fundamentally, okay. right? They're um, trying to trying to grow the project. Well, it, it's it's allowing for um, you know better plug-in development so sure. that um, vendor and we'll we'll see some of the fruits of this in our four point two release, which is coming up. But the um, uh, it's easier for a vendor to sponsor a developer to to integrate with their technology on a number of fronts now. Right, so, so four point one started da- us down a path um, of of doing a better job of, of structuring the code in a way that helps um, helps grow the grow the community, grow the integrations, and, and just make it more valuable for the users. Um, you know, the new features you you asked, um, I, you know, off the top of my head, um, CloudStack is operating at pretty large scale. Um, I mean, there's value in in smaller environments, but there's also value in the Either the forty thousand host scale, sure, um, and so we've we've now introduced the, a concept of regions, um, similar to AWS regions. Okay, um, the AWS regional model will allow us to um, do metadata synchronization um, between um, multiple clusters of management servers, and then that cluster of management servers could deal with a particular geography and all the zones inside of it. Um, so, so that feature is an example of us actually. Um, heading down the path of increasing the scalability beyond uh, what is already a fairly highly scalable you know, software product, um, give give the large scale operators um, some more capabilities on that front. Okay, um, we've added. Uh, a, there's again sticking with the operators for a second, at least mm-hmm. the reasonable scale ones. There's very frequently a need to um, within an operator's tool tooling environment to have some type of telemetry about change that's occurring inside of the cloud, cloud environment. Okay. And, you know, one approach you can take to that is to is to funnel everybody through your own API proxy layer and kind of a whole bunch of complexity there. 
Um, but we now have a, a capability to tie in um, basically to an event stream, right? Using AMQP, so you can you can listen and subscribe to events of interest, and maybe update a, a config database or a monitoring system or okay. whatever. So you can respond to the you know, self-service API-driven changes. Um, so that was another big one. Um, one of the things that that happened really was uh, um, we started doing a lot more of uh, focus on the EC2 API. And while we've always we've always had that component, we've done a lot of work on um, increasing the fidelity to the to EC2's API standards, um, and also testing with the tools that people are using. So things like Bodo. Um, and some of the other EC2 API tools uh, are actually getting tested. And we also adopted uh, the EC2 query API. Uh, we used to use the SOAP interface and, and are using a query interface now. So uh, that's, a, that's another large one. Um, plenty, of things on, uh, plenty of things on the networking side. Um, so 4.0, uh, the first release that we produced uh, once we were at the ASF, uh, had support for Nasira's uh, MVP uh, software-defined network offering, uh, but it only had Layer 2 support. Um, so 4.1 included some improvements there and uh, and added Layer 3 support and also added support for KVM. So previously that was a Zen server-only okay. functionality, um, but that support was added for KVM and uh, getting a little higher up in the... In the um, uh, in the network layers. Um, also adding some support to do egress filtering. So a lot of a lot of folks said it's great that you're you're stopping traffic from going out. There's a lot of times we also want to, to stop traffic. Uh, we want to stop the egress, yes. not just stop you know people uh, from having the ability to come in. We want to be able to, to filter out the outbound as well. And uh, so egress filtering um, for uh, for guest networks appeared in, in 4.1. Now, let me let me ask you guys this, because, and I did a live blog on it, so, you know, I'm, I'm completely throwing you a softball here. Um, <laughs> but, Chip, in your, uh, in your keynote, you really mentioned a lot about momentum of the project. Mm -hmm. And one of the big things that I'm seeing is no matter, you know, with, you know, competition out there, they like to say, oh, we're this, we're this, we're this. And, you know, the whole comparison stats things in my mind is just an irrelevant where you're at in the market. Right. But I really kind of really wanted to get your opinion of where is the momentum within the project? Is it something that is on the increase? Is it something that is moving at what you believe is an acceptable pace? And, and what's the overall quality of the, the project and the product? That's a good question. Um, <clears throat> that's several questions. It is several questions. I, yes. <laughs> well, I'm going to try to unwind that one a little bit. Um, so so let's, let, let's first um, talk about how you measure uh, a project and a community's health. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, no single quantitative metric helps you. Mm -hmm. um, in aggregate, all they do is give you a general trend. Yes. In absolute terms, um, between different projects, they're meaningless. Mm -hmm. um, and and a lot of times, you you have to look at 
the qualitative aspects of um, of how the communication is working, what's the result of all of the things that you can measure quantitatively, right? Um, so that that's my basic premise for for how I think about the question of well, how's the community doing? Um, you know, and, and you can't compare communities effectively. Um, I, I I don't believe that anyone can do that effectively without being deeply involved in both. What you can do is you can measure outcomes. Um, so. You know, we're on all of, and I said you can't use it in absolute terms, but in all of the quantitative measurements, whether we're talking about commit volume, whether we're talking about, you know, lines of code being committed, um, whether we're talking about new features, whether we're talking about, um, you know, measurements of collaboration, you know, IRC traffic and email traffic, um, all of those are on the rise, right? We continue to, um, to grow our committer base. Um, which is because we're growing our contributor base, which is because we're growing our user base. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're very healthy um, and, and on, a, on a very steep um, slope for, for growth on you know, basically everything that you can measure. Sure. Um, now, we're, we're certainly growing rapidly, which means that the community has to continue to learn how to work with an ever bigger and bigger right. and bigger set of people that and have you have to more and more cats to herd. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, that, so so the nice thing is it's not my job. To I know, I know. Cats. Yes, agreed. <laughs> it's a shared responsibility. Yes, right. So so those people that are interested in doing the cat herding are welcome to do the cat herding. <laughs> um, and so that and honestly, that's how you scale, right? So right. that that's kind of a, a proven model that that the ASF has. It's how the board operates. Right? And it's, it's a similar model that they apply towards projects where, um, yeah, I've, I've got this title of VP. It, it means nothing, effectively, uh, except I need to submit a board report. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and it, you know, then there may be some legal issues that I, I have to, I'm, I'm responsible for. Um, but the, the project management committee, of which I'm a member, um, is equally accountable for the success and growth of the community. Right? So, so that's one of the more important you know, traits of... So you bring up an interesting point. Is there a... The, the amount of, okay, so you've got committers, contributors, PMC members. Mm-hmm. As starting at contributors, as each of those levels grows, does the upstream grow? Does the amount of committers grow? And then does the amount of PMC board members grow as, or is it only that bottom level grows? Like how, tell me a little bit about how it funnels up, right? So I, I think that, uh, I don't know that there's necessarily a linear match between sure. the two. Uh, it's not a quota system. Exactly. No, it's <laughs> oh, exactly. it's time to add one more. Right. So, <laughs> but generally, more contributors will end up um, engendering more committers. Mm-hmm. Um, and the natural process is, of course, those people will, uh, will uh, have the potential to become PMC members. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, you know, we're looking for a little different. For, for a contributor, we're looking for code they're contributing. Uh, we're looking at the quality of their conversations. And and when someone on the PMC takes notice of that, um, we start discussing that person as being a committer and essentially having the rights to commit directly to the repository. Uh, when, we have, uh, when we have a committer who's been around for a while and is taking an active uh, interest in not just developing for the project, but in the governance of the project, uh, and in the health of the community, um, uh, we start having the same kind of conversations around making them a, a PMC member, and uh, 
you know, it's uh, it, it certainly is a funnel. Uh, you know, you essentially have to be a contributor to become a committer to become a PMC member. Uh, but uh, it's you know, it, it does uh, as that uh, as that contributor base grows. Certainly, our committer and and PMC member uh, lists grow as well. Sure. Now, wanted to ask you guys. Okay, so four two is coming out before too much longer. Um, what are some of the the big use cases, and what are you guys seeing as far as features that the users are really wanting in the product going forward? Um, you know, what are the the areas? I don't want to say for improvement, but mm-hmm. what are the areas for enhancement? Um, and is it does it just make existing use cases more efficient or is it about new use cases? So, so why don't we talk about what some of the features for 4.2 are. Sure. With the premise that um, that actually for most of these we can tie directly to users. Okay. Right? Whether they're the ones developing it or not, which mm-hmm. in many cases they are. Yes. Um, there, there's a pretty clear path right, between user need feature being built. Um, I, I'll, I'll point to, to an example. Um, can we say the name of the company for Linux containers? Yeah, 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 we can. That's, that's um, so uh, Linux containers, um, control of Linux containers, you know, replacing a, as another target for for um, for management is uh, that was added by the guys at um, Gilt, right? Okay. E-commerce shop. Mm-hmm. Um, so they took stock of the orchestration software. They realized that they liked Cloud Stack. They independently realized that they wanted Linux containers, and they decided to tie the two together. So coming in 4.2, and in fact, they're already running it in production, um, we'll, we'll include Linux container support. Um, that, that's a, you know, a great example. Um, there's also a, a, a lot of work going in uh, around the software-defined networking capabilities, right? So different plugins for different support. Um, in some cases, like, um, you know, we, we mentioned uh, the NYSERA integration earlier, that was done by a company that um, wanted to use the two together again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we also have vendors participating as well. So uh, in 4.2, you know, we've we've seen the uh, uh, support for uh, Metacora's MitreNet. Um, Big Switch has has their capability now, um, and Stratosphere recently, the merge request just came in to to bring that capability in. So cool. that's another major focus area. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think. Kind of building on uh, LXC, the the entire concept of uh, of additional things you can manage has become a big deal. Um, so we've added um, uh, support for Cisco's uh, virtual ASA 1000, so the ASA 1000V. Uh, we've also added support for uh, distributed virtual switches in uh, vSphere, um, and and going a step further and just managing bare metal. So uh, no longer do you have to have a container or a hypervisor. Mm-hmm. You can actually, uh, using IPMI, manage bare metal or, or if you're using UCS to, to manage UCS directly. Yeah. And, and actually, that's it's interesting you bring that up because uh, I am seeing you know, bare metal as a service, <laughs> for lack of a better term, as a, as a use case that's coming out more and more. So. Yeah, it, well, it entirely depends on um, if operators can offer that, they puts them in a very strong position to be able to support a broader set of 
workloads. I, I really don't like that term, but I guess it's the one that everybody knows, right? Right. Um, because in all reality, in some cases, you need to take advantage of the full capabilities of a physical device. In some cases, a Linux container will certainly do, right? And so it's, um, you know, depending on what you're you're trying to accomplish, a whole ton of RAM and a lot of processing power might be important for that that particular um, container or something small, lightweight. I do think that uh, you talked about the entire use case uh, idea and and whether we're expanding that or not. And I don't think that we're necessarily expanding the use cases of things that people are doing, but we are expanding the number of those use cases that CloudStack can help orchestrate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whether that be uh, ensuring that we have um, really good support for some of those uh, legacy uh, types of use cases uh, that are going to need high levels of redundancy and, and high levels of resiliency, or whether it's something completely new that you know you can use a container because you uh, you just need really fast access to the underlying hardware, but you don't need all the hardware. Sure. Uh, I think I think that's really the story. You know, it, um, there are a lot of folks who talk about legacy workloads and cloud workloads, and and that there are two. The reality is is that there is a wide spectrum of workloads, and yeah, they they start at the the mainframe and they come down to to um, to cloud level cloud era workloads, and um, and we're we're trying to expand the dynamic range of cloud stack in the process. Yeah, I, I mean, the the reality in the the IT industry is that everybody spends a lot of time talking about the new, right? A lot of fancy stuff. That's new. So, so most marketing discussions is around that. But when you when you look at um, where the real money is being spent, the real money is actually non-sexy is being spent in non-sexy, <laughs> um, eclipsing eclipsing the the investment that is happening on, on the edge. Right. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean that isn't where you want to be, but cloud orchestration software really should be in a position uh, to help help enterprises or service providers help other enterprises um, solve that continuum of problems, mm-hmm. right? And, um, and, and we, we see that every time we talk to another you know, enterprise user um, where they come to the table and say, you know, here's, here's what we want to help work on or here's what we're going to work on. Um, you know, even, even just accepting the reality that the hardware that is not orchestrated by CloudStack still needs to work well with the environments that are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've, you know, in 4.1, and I think in 4.2, there's some you know, minor features and tweaks that are occurring around how networking happens so that you could um, uh, effectively you know, blend the networks together from a, maybe a bunch of AIX systems that, that are sitting next to a web farm. Right? And maybe, maybe they want them on the same VLAN, or you, know, you want to be able to bridge things very easily. So um, the, to David's point, that, that, that spectrum of... Um, what is really a heterogeneous environment will be a heterogeneous environment for decades to come. Um, it's just it, portions of it can get a, t- a lot of benefit from thinking about deployment and orchestration um, in a similar way to what the far end cloud work- workloads get. Cool. I think that was a perfect wrap up. So we're out of time for this week. So, Chip, David. Where can people find out more about you and CloudStack and everything that's going on? Well, so naturally, CloudStack is at cloudstack.apache.org. 
we have a uh, veritable plethora of uh, mailing lists. Uh, you can also jump on IRC on Freenode, uh, we're at HashCloudStack, um, and uh, welcome any interaction in IRC or email. Um, as far as us personally, uh, I am uh, at KE4QQQ on Twitter, and you're Chip and Childers I on ChipChilders. Yeah, so we're relatively easy to find, and thanks for having us. Absolutely, thank you. So... If you like the show, please tell a friend or leave us a review on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at thecloudcastnet or on the web at thecloudcast.net where you can find links to everything Cloudcast. So, Chip, David, thank you for your time. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Take care.